Ahoy, my friends. You are on a voyage known as the Syracuse Sports Podcast. It is great to have you here. My name is Brent Axe. If you are listening through the link on Syracuse.com, thank you for that. First of all, we appreciate it. If you found us maybe on social media, another terrific way. But you can subscribe everywhere you can find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. We are there. We're excited about today's episode of this show. But I want to tell you about another podcast we're doing. If you subscribe to the Syracuse Sports Podcast, you may have seen this in your podcast feed. If not, you should find the Syracuse Football Podcast. That's right. We have a spinoff. My guy, Stephen Bailey, Syracuse.com football beat reporter. He now has a podcast. Former Orangeman Julian Wiggum joins him with guests every week. Real nitty-gritty X's and O's football discussion, stories from Julian's playing days, and terrific insight from our terrific beat reporters. So please subscribe as well to the Syracuse Football Podcast. If you subscribe to this podcast, maybe you've seen it show up in your feed, but make sure you go out and find that. Here we're going to focus in on Syracuse and Clemson a little bit, and Eric McLean is going to join me to do that. Eric is a former captain of the Clemson football team, now with the ACC Network. He played at Clemson from 2011 to 2015. When he left there, he had won 46 games, more than anybody in the history of that program. Now with the ACC Network, so we discussed that, life in television, analyzing the whole league, but certainly we got a lot of insight on this Clemson Tigers team that Syracuse is facing on Saturday. What's the plan against a team that's won 17 straight games, is the defending national champion, and only seems to be getting better, yet Syracuse has defeated or almost defeated the last two years. What does Eric see in the rise of Syracuse football under Dino Babers? We look around the ACC and so much more. What do you say we dive right in? Eric McLean from the ACC Network, former Clemson Tiger, is my guest this week on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Eric, it's a big week. Syracuse, Clemson, and yeah, college game day didn't make the trip here to Syracuse, but you know what? It's still ABC primetime. Sean McDonough, Kirk Herbstreet, number one team in the country. We know the series between Syracuse and Clemson the past couple of years, so maybe a little bit of air taken out of this one because Syracuse, you know, kind of laid an egg last week, but a big game nonetheless. Yeah, definitely excited to to see the Tigers go up there and then the Syracuse Orange uh, just to see them kind of bounce back. You know, I think really no matter what happened last week, you know, I think this game is going to be juiced. I think with it being Syracuse first homecoming or first home game with it being homecoming, uh, really expect there to be a great crowd there and, and for it to be a, a tough place to play. You know, I went up there a couple of times in my career and, you know, when, when those fans are getting after it and getting rowdy, it's, it's a tough, tough place to play. Eric, you mentioned it. You have played in the Carrier Dome two years ago. We saw the Syracuse team beat Clemson in the Carrier Dome. How do you prepare for that? Give me an opponent's perspective on, on not only playing in that building, but maybe for people that haven't experienced it. And this is going to be a jam-packed dome. You know as well as anybody. It doesn't have to have 50,000 people in it, but this is going to be a sold-out dome, and it's going to be as loud as that building has been in years. What is this Clemson team walking into? What was your experience like? Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I, think I was there in 2013 or 14 uh, was the last time I was there. But again, it, it's New York's football team, their college football team. And, and, you know, people are passionate about it and the history, the environment. Uh, and, and it's just, it, it's different. It, it's unlike any 
uh, environment that you can replicate or, or think about in, in college football. And when those fans are, are behind that team, it's a hard thing to stop. I, I just remember you guys getting the first down and, and, and uh, you know, that train horn blowing and fans just losing their minds. So there's no doubt about it that Clemson is going to be practicing in that loud environment uh, in their indoor facility and, and playing a bunch of loud music and crowd noise because uh, it's definitely going to be something that can have a big effect on the game. Clemson has won 17 in a row. They've got a Heisman Trophy finalist at quarterback. They've got a Heisman Trophy candidate at a, at running back. Maybe a few other players will join that list, Eric. I mean, we know the talent <laughs> level of this team. But I want to know what – it's early, certainly, but what's kind of the makeup, the identity you're starting to see with this Clemson Tigers team? We know they're talented, but you know, what are they really what, – what identifies how they play so far? You know, I, I think what's getting kind of scary when you look at these Clemson Tigers is, is they are actually good, and they're starting to know it, and they're starting to know how and, and why they are so good, and that's because they're, they're so great at running the ball and passing the ball. You know, I've seen multiple people this week when talking to the media or doing interviews saying, you know, we can run it or pass it. Which one do you want to stop? Because you're not going to stop both. And whenever you know that and have that confidence as a team, uh, you just become that much more dangerous. So we saw kind of in the Georgia Tech game, they they really tried to limit the passing of Trevor Lawrence and bring in different stunts. Uh, and then last week with Texas A&M, they, they really wanted to shut down the run. And you saw the, the other or the latter of, of each step up and do what it needed to do to win a football game. So I really think, you know, just knowing uh, this Syracuse team and knowing – Dino Babers and kind of what he likes to do. I really see them trying to stop the run this week. I think that they want to have Trevor beat him uh, with his arm. And I expect to see them bring a bunch of different exotic pressures as well. You know, at the end of the day, he uh, has never played in this environment, doesn't know what to expect. And I think uh, Syracuse has to use that for their advantage. Eric, let's jump on the defensive side of the ball for Clemson. You know, I think they all uh, passed go, collect $200, and made their way to the National <laughs> Football League. Like, the entire defense. It's incredible. But this is Clemson, and they're going to replace NFL talent with NFL talent, with four- and five-star players. What have you seen on that side of the ball so far, replacing so many star-studded names that, that we heard over the past few years? Yeah, I think that there's there's no doubt about it, but their back seven is the, the strength of the team. You know, they're elite. They've, they've almost changed their entire defense. It's going to be interesting to see what they run out there with against Syracuse because we've kind of seen two different things uh, for, for these first two weeks. But last week, I mean, they ran a 3-3-5. You know, they, they literally threw three different de- or defensive linemen out there, completely clogged the run with three guys, and then had three safeties on the field that were running around with their hair on fire making different plays. So I think it's, it's going to be something, some kind of combination of that this year uh, going against Syracuse. I think Isaiah Simmons is a name that a lot of people have heard about that is flying up the draft boards the more time he's getting on the field. You know, he's six foot four, 230 pounds, probably going to end up running a 4-4 four, four less in the combine. And just a guy that, that can match up with anybody. You know, he has a knack for being around the ball. And he's an aggressive guy that likes to make plays. And last week we saw Kayvon Wallace kind of have his welcome party to to the country. You know, he goes in there, makes nine total tackles, has a sack or so, a couple of uh, tackles for loss, and really just makes some big plays. So Syracuse is going to have their hands full with with this defense, and and that's not even to mention any of the guys on the defensive line, some young guys who are, are making big plays up front. 
Eric, looking at it broadly, I mean, Clemson has always been a big-name program and has a great tradition, but we have seen just in this last decade, they rise to the top of college football, even knock Alabama yeah. off the perch a little bit here. And you rode that way from 2011 to 2015. You won 46 games there when you were at Clemson. And you've seen Dabo build this program into the preeminent college football program. From your perspective, how did he do that? You know, I think it, it, with time and, you know, preparation and, and really just the biggest thing that Dabo ever taught me was, was the, the genuine appreciation for everybody's job. You know, he, he wasn't a guy who was going to come in and, and try to make these changes right away. I know that it seems like it was at a snap of a finger, but it took some time and patience and slowly but surely, you know, he's grinded and, and has, has become one of the best coaches in college football and one of the, the best teams in the land right now. So I think that, you know, I see a lot of similarities with, with Dino Babers and, and his mindset, the way he is as a man first and as a coach second. You know, he cares about his players. I think that was very evident uh, going against uh, uh, Maryland last week. You know, it could have been very easy for Dino to walk into that press room and, and point fingers, blame people, uh, but he 100% took it on his shoulders, said we as a team – need to get better, and that's all, that's what you see with Dabo Sweeney. If you look back to the 2013 game against Florida State, uh, where Florida State absolutely dismantled Clemson, uh, I think that's kind of where this Syracuse team is right now. So it's going to be fun to see how they recover, how they bounce back, and what do they want to be known for this year? You know, What do you want your legacy to be? Because there's a bunch of seniors, especially on that defensive line and defensive unit, that you know, this is their last runaround, and who are the, who are they going to be at the end of the season? And I think Dino absolutely pulls that out of them. Eric, I, I'm curious your thoughts about Tommy DeVito up here at Syracuse. You know, what we've seen so far is some growing pains. You know, with Eric Dungy, the play never died. Like when you th- just when it seemed like the house of cards was going to collapse, Dungy would you know run out of the pile and make like a 40 yard gain out yeah. of a play that looked busted two seconds before that. Tommy DeVito's not quite that quarterback. That's okay. He's just different. He's more of a in-the-pocket, let-the-play-develop kind of guy. Through two games, though, and, and just generally what you've seen from Tommy DeVito, uh, what, what's your impression of him, and, and, and what's it going to take for him to get comfortable in his role now taking over as the starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I had very high aspirations for Tommy DeVito, I think, and, and maybe that was fair, maybe it wasn't fair, but really thought that he was going to elevate himself to be the second-best quarterback in this conference. You know, I think when you look at his ability to throw the deep ball, uh, overall the plays that he can make with his arm, uh, and, and at the end of the day being able to scramble out of the pocket and make plays when he needs to, uh, I, I think he just needs to, you know, again, that confidence is, is a real thing. He has to slow down understand what's going on, you know, fully embrace the playbook and, and the offense. Cause we've seen flashes. I mean, I've seen plays where I'm just like, that's, that's the exact player. I thought he was going to be every single snap. Uh, but again, he, he just has to focus in and, and try maybe not to do too much. And, and maybe that's the problem, but you know, I still think that he has great upside that he's going to be a guy that wins a lot of games for Syracuse. And, and obviously he's a special talent, but at the end of the day, you know, he's not Eric Dungy, and I hope he just doesn't try to be. Just just be the best Tommy DeVito you can be, and, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he can bounce back this week against the Tigers. Eric, uh, the Clemson is the class of the league. Syracuse is trying to establish itself as right behind the class of the league. But as you look at the rest of the ACC right now, it, you know, it's almost, it's you kind of toss up, a, you know, a bunch of, of names and, and see where they land at this point. The league is interesting. 
early on here, what's your read on, on the direction this league could go, knowing that Clemson's the lead dog, but everybody else is, is trying to find their spot here? Yeah, I think some, some teams are really stepping up. You know, obviously it's very early in the season. We, we've seen some guys, uh, some teams who have gone against, you know, high caliber opponents, some who have, you know, just gone against group of five or less teams. Uh, but really one team that I'm very high on is UNC and Chapel Hill. You know, they're one of the, the two team or three teams in the country who have gone against two power five opponents and they're two and up. So the other team is Clemson and I think maybe Hawaii. So that's a very rare uh, group that they're a part of. You know, I think Sam Howell is a, is a great player. He's really been, um, you know, that coaching staff has really taken their time with unveiling the offense with him. It's going to be interesting to see as the season goes along what they allow him to do and how much of the playbook they open. But, I mean, he's got a couple of receivers there, Daz Newsome, uh, Deami Brown, Bo Corrales, who, I mean, they're a bunch of frisbee-catching dogs. He throws it up and they go get it. So really excited to see them who, who are going against Wake Forest, who, who's one of the more explosive offenses right now in the country and, and the ACC. And they're leading the ACC with two uh, number one, number two receivers. So when you see what, what those teams are able to do, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of fun for the conference, and, and it, it's good for the conference. We need them to step up. And then Virginia, uh, probably the number two team right now. You know, they just got into the preseason, or excuse me, the, the top 25 in the AP have a big test with Florida State, who has not looked good, but at the end of the day, it's still the Seminoles um, at home, so they can they can make a big statement. But, you know, I think the ACC is trending upward, uh, and if we keep having teams like those guys and, and Boston College step up and keep doing what they're doing, you know, that's only going to be good for the league. Eric, tell me about life and television with the ACC Network, making that transition. Uh, you know, what were you up to before uh, you got the call to say, hey, you wanna, I want to be on TV and to talk a little bit about the ACC? Yeah, so I was, uh, I was doing corporate sponsorships and sales with Clemson, so I was kind of in the corporate world and, and you know, just day-to-day, uh, hanging out, making a lot of relationships and connections with folks. Uh, and then when this came along, it was – really just an amazing opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And it's been absolutely awesome. I mean, we have a fantastic team. Uh, I don't know if you've been able to watch the huddle at all, but it has been an absolute blast Friday nights, all day, Saturday. um, We put together really something special and it's, it's, you know, it's not work. You know, you come in every day and you get to talk about football or talk about your experiences uh, and you get paid to do it. So we're, we're a very blessed group that, you know, we're in a cool situation to hopefully spread some happiness and cheer to some people uh, as they tune in and watch us. It's been fun to watch uh, the, the programming on the ACC Network, and it's, it provides an opportunity for the schools to not just put football and basketball games on, but all sorts of sports. And when it comes down to it, you know, people want to see the games. And now we, we're in a world where if a game is not on some sort of television or app or some sort of stream, like, well, what's going on here? We're, we're spoiled right. as sports fans, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's been interesting to see the, the growth of the network. And it seems like it, Syracuse fans are going to see their first football game next week on the ACC network. And it's pretty much everywhere it needs to be. Still a couple of cable systems and places they're trying to, to get it cleared on. But, you know, for a network that launched a month ago, it's it's pretty accessible to people. Yeah, they're, they're doing a great job when you talk about the, the sales team and programming team on, on figuring out those last couple of pieces uh, and who's going to carry it. But, you know, kudos to them to moving so quickly with that and, and getting a lot of deals done right at right at the brink of football season. So I think that that's been uh, exceptional. And then, you know, you talk about the actual programming. 
obviously the live events are, are very important. And, you know, I'm just excited that this great conference finally has a network where they can put full display of all the athletes, all the student athletes that they have, uh, not just the football and basketball, but you think of all the parents who are, you know, out of the country or serving our country overseas in the military that now they have this great platform that they can tune in and watch their sons, watch their daughters, their nieces, nephews, et cetera. Um, so it, it's just a really great thing that the ACC has deserved for quite some time that, you know, I'm happy to be but very small part of. Eric, uh, really appreciate your time today. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens Saturday night at the Dome, how the Orange respond and take on this Clemson Tigers team who they've given fits to the last couple of years. I mean, you can't knock the starting quarterback out of every game, but that seems to be the formula the last two years. So I'll be curious to see how it goes one way or the other. Thanks so much for your time. Continued luck and success to you at the ACC Network. And let's catch up down the road. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Syracuse Sports Podcast. My name is Brent Dax. Thanks to Eric McLean from the ACC Network for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right there. And don't forget to subscribe to the Syracuse Football Podcast with Stephen Bailey and Julian Wiggle. We'll talk to you next time.